It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app on a Monday. A misery Monday. Our fifth straight misery Monday. Actually, that's not true in terms of scheduling because there's been some Thursday night games, the, the Thanksgiving game, etc. Uh, but, but the fifth straight loss for the Commanders. This one, one of the most boring inconsequential, nondescript games that I can remember covering until the very last little bit when all of a sudden we have ourselves a new data point in the quarterback conversation that changes things, question mark. It's what we'll be making sense of the entire week, and it is certainly where we start with first and ten. It's time to get the breakdown started. First up, 10 observations. It's first and 10. The fit of Eric Bieniemy and Sam Howell wasn't designed to win football games, and the guise of growth and development was all very nonsensical. In hindsight, in my opinion. Let's unpack that very loaded statement. I do not have the fancy numbers right now. Anthony, if you want to help me out with the fancy numbers, I don't know if you have access to them, but this computer over here is being being a butthead. Uh, but th- this is where we're going to start and where we'll spend most of our time to get started. Um, here's the thing. I think Sam Howell can be a, a solid NFL quarterback. I think Eric Bieniemy is a good offensive coordinator, but... I do not think either is elite, and I think for non-elite coaches and coordinators uh, and quarterbacks especially, but really all players, fit is essential. If Sam Howell was inserted to the Detroit Lions starting lineup and got to hand the ball off as often as Jared Goff does, or if he was asked to do what Brock Purdy is doing in San Francisco, um what Gardner Minshew was asked to do in, in Indianapolis. I'm trying to pick a variety of places so it doesn't feel like I'm just loving up on the same coaches and staffs that are the best in the NFL in Detroit and San Francisco this year to 10-win teams. Um, or, uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan. Oh, he's the, people are sick of hearing about Kyle Shanahan, right? And it's not like Brock Purdy wouldn't be better. Uh, it's not like Sam Howell would be better than Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's playing that system as well as you can. Um, He's elevating it, but he's not asked to do the kinds of things that Sam Howell is asked to do here. And the reason that we have been given all season long is that it's in Sam's best interest for development and also they're trying to win football games. And it's just a stupid plan. I have no nicer way to say it. Um, I could. I probably could come up with something that's more elegant and more less direct, but it's just a stupid freaking plan. And I'm tired of being like treated uh, by the people who are supposed to be smarter. Like I'm the one who's wrong here. They're four and 10 and the quarterback is going backwards and he looks shell shocked and it looks like he's regressed. I actually don't know that the performance was as bad as it felt coming out of yesterday because there were a couple of key drops and some things that I, upon second watch, you're like, was it that bad? But it wasn't good. He, and at the end of the day, the results are the results. They're 4-10. He threw for 102 yards. Jacoby Brissett came in and threw for more yards and less than half the passes and got the leading receiver involved and the first-round pick from last year, two guys who are having awful seasons based off the comparison of what we thought they could be. 
McLaurin, a near 1,500-yard receiver if things went the way we thought they could. Dotson, a guy who would be pushing 1,000 and maybe 80 receptions on the year. He's been a ghost. And the idea that this is somehow okay because in the long run, it's worth it, or that this was a feasible plan to win football games is nuts. And, you know, that's going to come back on, well, you thought they were going to be good. Yeah, I did because I didn't think they'd be stupid enough to do this. I just, I can't believe that we are here. I cannot believe that people that are paid millions of dollars to coach NFL football took a quarterback in Sam Howell, who is super talented from an arm strength standpoint, seems to have his head on straight, is willing to work his tail off, but has flaws, has things that need to be massaged out because he's a young player. And that's what happens at that position. And they were like, We're going to have you throw the ball more than anyone else in the league. And we're going to run the same stuff every weekend so defenses sit on it. And it just gets harder and harder every single week. And it's going to hang our defense out to dry, although they haven't helped themselves. And it it just is nonsense. And the idea was that, oh, well, he's going to see a lot of different stuff because he's going to throw so many times. Do we think this is good for Sam Howell? Who thinks that Sam Howell's on the right track right now? Nobody. Nobody. This isn't the way to do it. And I've been screaming about this since like week three. And I just, I feel both validated and angered by it. And to be honest, like, I don't know. I I wasn't this angry before the show. I didn't think this would turn into like a full-on rant. But here we are. Just, I'm, maybe this has been inside me since watching yesterday. And just seeing Brissett do it, you're like, yeah, because that dude knows what it's like to play at NFL speeds. That dude knows what it's like to deal with a crap offensive line or at least one that's that's at the very least league average. By the time it got to Brissett yesterday, like he knew, oh, God, Gates is back in there at center. Uh, Charles Leno's out, although Cornelius Lucas is almost as good, if, and if not on some days, better than Leno anyway. So like, you've, you've got to get the ball out of your hands. And there's an urgency and, a, and an understanding of the timing and the footwork and all this stuff that Brissett has. And even before he came in, I didn't think that was going to happen, but it was the right move. Because um, I don't think at that point you're helping Sam by leaving him in. I actually, for the first time, really wondered what the season would have looked like with Jacoby Brissett. They'd probably have a couple more wins. Um, but there's also some games that Sam was awesome. And this is this is the hard part of trying to weigh all of this. But the idea, and this is the larger thing 1.1 of first and 10. The idea that this was a good idea to either win football games or develop Sam is absolute nonsense. Absolutely, utterly ridiculous. The best way to develop Sam would be what Detroit has done with Jared Goff and what LA did with Jared Goff to limit his impact on the game as much as you possibly can so that he learns to understand things and he sees things in smaller doses and can learn week to week and grow out of things and and to insulate him from a roster standpoint with a better offensive line and some of the things that he needs to succeed at this point in a very young, albeit promising, career. You can't just throw a guy to the wolves. There's a reason that when you... you uh, teach a kid how to ride a bike you don't just throw him out there on a 12 speed you're like no man we're gonna give you training wheels and then i'm gonna hold you and then eventually you learn how to do it 
Like, if you learn to box, you're not going to get in the ring with 1992 Mike Tyson and just go at it. It's not how you get learn how to box. It's how you get your ass kicked. And that's basically what they did to Sam Howell. It's like, hey, man, it's the NFL. Go out there and do it. There are ways to have training wheels on in the NFL. There are ways to hold guys so the bike doesn't tip over in the NFL. And they did none of it this year. None of it. And this is the result. And it just feels like such a wasteful season, such a wasteful way to operate because it just, it so obviously doesn't have to be this way. And all you have to do is look around. <sighs> Apparently, I need to get that off my chest. Uh, Anthony, if we have it, number two, please. Number two. When it comes to Sam himself, the footwork and timing is still incredibly inconsistent. I mean, there are times he, like, takes the snap and there's, like, a pause. And then he rushes the drop back. And you're like, that's not how you do the timing. You don't make one too slow and then one too fast. There needs to be an easiness. Because the way a West Coast offense is designed is your feet match the pattern. And sometimes on a three, like, there's a drop. And it could be a three-step and the ball's out now. It could be a five-step and the ball's out to your second guy. Or it could be a five-step and a hitch or five-step and two hitches and the ball is out to, to later down the progression or your check down and or your check down. And that timing is all off with Howell. And it's why it doesn't feel like he's made a play on schedule in forever. He actually made a few more yesterday and I realized, again, that second watch felt very different than the first watch because it's less emotional. You're less riding the wave of the game and more of just like, okay, what happened here? But it wasn't good by any stretch. And there's just a lot of... A lot of stuff that you're just like, I think this should be better by now. But it's hard, too, because, one, I don't think he trusts the line in front of him. And he's never going to say that. And he might not, like, feel that emotionally. But, like, subconsciously, there's a lack of trust there. And I also don't think he sees the field particularly well, which could be a height thing. It could be a NFL adjustment. He's still young, less than a season's worth of start thing. Um and then I don't think he trusts his receivers either. And why would he? There was another bunch of drops yesterday or, you know, he swings a ball out wide to Antonio Gibson and Gibson bobbles it and what should be a seven, eight yard gain becomes a two yard gain because he doesn't catch it clean. And there's things like that all over the field. I mean, he drills John Bates in the chest with what would have been a nice chain mover. Um, I mean, they got screwed on the McLaurin PI down the field. Like, there's, there's all kinds of yardage that's just left on the field that's not on Howell yesterday. And that probably cycles and, and makes it feel worse for him that leads to a bunch of yardage that's left off the field. That is on him. And whether it's missing guys, Nikki Javala had a... Uh, on, the, on the fourth down conversion, Nikki uh, did a good job of watching the tape and seeing that even though it was a beautiful, like, crazy improv play by Sam to, to Terry... If in timing, he just hits Jonathan Williams on the wheel route, he walks in with a Cooper Cup-esque amount of space. Stuff like that seemingly every week at this point. It's just the feel, the vision, the timing, the rhythm. None of it's there. And it's uh, it's not good. All right. That is uh, the start of First and Ten. We will continue it next with some other quick hitter thoughts, including just some epic failures on display when it comes to Ron Rivera, both head coach and NGM. We'll get to it all next. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980 and always live on the free Odyssey app.